we're in a series called Philippians, which is on the letter that Paul wrote to this church in Philippi. And uh, we've been going over the main verses that are in that book, and this is our, this is our last week. Uh, and then we'll go into, um, we have a one, one week, and then we go into our 40 days of prayer. And I just, before I want to get into the sermon, I wanted to just encourage you. Times like this where... Um, as, a, as a church body, we enter into a season like 40 days of prayer or something like that. It gives, it's a really great opportunity to reset where you are in your faith. Like uh, maybe your prayer life has gotten stale or it's non-existent or, or you want to stretch yourself in a little bit. And so uh, I just really uh, encourage you to take advantage of this as, uh, that we're doing and to be in a small group, to get your booklet that's in, on sale in the back uh, and uh, take advantage of it. Uh, maybe you want to incorporate during that 40 days of prayer something uh, that you fast, um, just to set something aside to really focus in on God. And so the fall is a great time for that. And uh, so I just wanted to encourage you one uh, uh, more time about that. Uh, so I'm, I'm your pastor, and I've been the pastor here now in November. It'll be 14 years. I cannot believe that I've been a pastor for 14 years. All right, so thank you. Thanks for the golf clap. It's like, okay, that's great. So then at 15, do we get another one? Is that what happens? No? Okay, all right. Um, and uh, so a lot of you know me, you know my personality, you know that I'm a germaphobe, you know that I like Tom Brady, you kind of all, all know that. And I think most of you know that I struggle with anxiety. It's just something that uh, I grew up in a chaotic environment. And so when I, by the time I was 12, I was biting my fingernails and just like my brain. I tell Lisa all the time, you do not even want to know what's going on up there. It's like just rattling around. And, and so, uh, uh, but if, if you've ever struggled with anxiety, you know what I'm talking about. You, you don't just say, well, don't worry about that. I mean, that's great advice, and that's what we're going to learn in just a little second, but it doesn't just work that way. You can't just turn it off, and well, I can turn it on, but you just can't turn it off, okay? And so uh, what I wanted to do this morning was talk about some things, because as I've gotten older, and as I've been continually bringing this up before God, I've actually gotten better, and uh, so much so that um, I don't... I, I would say if I, were, if I worried at 100%, I'm probably down to like 27.3% uh, of stuff I, I worry about. I, I don't anymore. And a lot of it has to do with this section of Scripture that we're going to look at right now. And, and um, I was reading some articles on um, just where America is with anxiety. We've never been this prosperous. We've never been this educated. We've never been this healthy, and yet we are jacked up when it comes to anxiety. We're popping pills, smoking stuff, drinking stuff, escaping in all these different areas. And you'd think that as we became more prosperous, and as we became more healthy, and as we became more knowledgeable, that we would kind of work into this society that doesn't uh, have as much anxiety. And yet, uh, we have more than ever. As a matter of fact, um, millennials really struggle with anxiety uh, as well. And you'd kind of think that they, I love millennials. I think in a lot of ways, they're like way ahead of the generation that I came from, just in how they express themselves and how they uh, talk about things, and 
yet, and yet they still struggle with anxiety. So my prayer this morning is that uh, we're going to look into some things in the Bible that are really going to help you this week if you're anxious about something. We, we got an election coming up. You could be anxious about that. We got all sorts of stuff. The stock market seems to be turning back around and the other way, and you could be anxious about that. You might have adult children. You should definitely be anxious about that uh, if you have adult children, right? You, you, you might be uh, wanting to be in a relationship or wanting to get out of a relationship or wanting to, you know, have life change and it's not, and so you're, you, have, you have anxiety about that. Well, the Bible doesn't say just don't do anything, okay? Part of what my anxiety comes from is that I like to control things. But like I've said before, I, I never have been, I'm not now, and I never will be in control of anything. You, 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 there is no control. That's a fallacy. It's a falsehood. And so uh, there might be something in your life that you want to control. And so the Bible doesn't say to just not do anything. As a matter of fact, Proverbs, I, I wrote this down, for the waywardness of the simple will kill them and the complacency of fools will destroy them, okay? So the, the Bible's saying you need to work, you need to care, you just can't let it control you. He goes on to say, the writer of this proverb, but whoever listens to me will live in safety, and I love this, and be at ease without fear of harm. There's something about listening to God. There's something about having a relationship with God that helps ease anxiety. And so I'm gonna, uh, we're going to go through Philippians 4, 1, uh, and, no, 4, 4, and then uh, a few other ones about how, how exactly do we take these things and, and, and we're more, uh, we have more input than we've ever had. Like you can know about a shooting anywhere in the world. You can hear about a hurricane, a tornado. Like it's just all this input. How do you get that twisted back onto the things that really matter? You know, Paul says it this way. Uh, he says, don't, don't be conformed to the pattern of this world. Don't, don't, like, let, don't like, um, let society or culture shape the way you think, but rather be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And I found in my own life that as I can renew my mind, as I can... Um, replace the anxiety with something else, it helps tremendously. Well, it happens, just so happens that the Bible agrees with me. And so we're going to look at Philippians 4.4 and start with this. Rejoice in the Lord always. That's what Paul says. He's beginning on this, he's ending the, the, the letter to the Philippians and he's giving them these, these instructions and they all kind of work around this idea of anxiety. And he says, rejoice in the Lord always. This is one of the ways and one of the key ways, I, I think actually the key way because we're gonna see in a few verses how we're gonna go about doing that is to think about what do I actually have that I can rejoice over? Like, okay, okay, let's say I'm nervous. About, I, I, I get ang anxious about church, okay? Not you guys, just property and finances and all this kind of stuff. And I, and I think about that. And, and so, like, for example, it would go something like this. Um, we have to get a new roof. 
I'm not kidding. We really do have to get a new roof. So I'll get bids for the new roof, and then the bids come back in, and then when they resuscitate me, um, uh, I... I, I'm just like, how are we going to pay for this roof? How are we going to pay for this roof? How are we going to pay for this roof? Okay? So that's the anxiety part. But guess what I get to rejoice in? We have a building. Do you know how many churches don't have a building? They rent from someone else or they work at a, it's at a school. Like God has blessed us with a building. See, see the difference of anxiety of going, oh, I'm worried about the roof. We have a roof. We have something that has a roof on it. Rejoice in the Lord always. What is it in your life that you can rejoice about? I was thinking about that this week. One of the things, this is going to make her super uncomfortable, but I rejoice about my wife. I mean, I, I you guys know, I married up, okay? I, I won the lottery. We, we started dating before she knew not to marry me, and so... Um, <laughs> But I, I just think, I think about that. And you think, well, well boy, I'd, I'd love to be married. What can I rejoice in? Well, m- maybe you're single. You can rejoice in your singleness. Do you know how many people I know that have jacked up marriages? You don't. You're, good, you're doing great. You're doing fantastic single. Single's a great place to be, right? Rejoice in the Lord. And so we take these anxieties and we go, okay, God, what, how can I turn this around? Rejoice in the Lord always. And then he goes on, it's so funny, because Paul, he's Paul. This is really clear. Rejoice in the Lord always. It's super clear. And he says this, I'll say it again. I ain't even playing. Rejoice. He, he, he says it again. Why? Because it's so hard, isn't it? And it's so hard when things are coming, you feel like they're coming down on you, you feel like the wheels are coming off or whatever, and Paul says Rejoice. I'm not even playing, rejoice, always. And that begins the transformation of our mind. One of the exercises that I'm going to have you do um, during our slower time of worship is just to think of five things that you can rejoice in the Lord about. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a job. Maybe it's just knowing that he's near, which we're going to see in a second. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'm going to say it one more time rejoice this is the beginning of transforming our mind he goes on and he says let your gentleness be evident to all the lord is near now this is this is kind of an indictment on christians not you guys but like at other churches um where the christian should be the calmest person in the room The Christian should be the calmest person at work. The Christian shouldn't be hand-wringing and worried about the economy. He says, let your gentleness, this tenderness, this quietness be evident to everybody. Why? Because Jesus is sitting right next to you all the time. The Lord is near. Turn to somebody and just say, the Lord is near. Yeah, now say, I think you're sitting on him. No, don't, don't say that. Don't say that. So there's this idea, this, this pathway almost, if you will, to get rid of anxiety. The, the, the anxious thought comes, and we turn that into joy. So I have a friend, his name is Paul. He's a missionary in Indonesia. And um, when we talk about what it's like for him in Indonesia, 
at four in the morning, every single morning, an alarm goes off on, in the city. It's a Muslim country, and it's a, it's a call to prayer. And it's just this singing and loud voice of this guy calling everybody to prayer. It's a, and it wakes everybody up. Why? Because they need to have a call to prayer. So I said to, I said to Paul, so what do you do? Now, you put a pillow over your head? Do you like stuff? I would have these little, those little things I put in my ear and wear probably some noise-canceling headphones, whatever. I said, what do you do at 4 o'clock when there's this, this call to prayer? You know what he said? I pray. I'm like, ah, I get it. You take that call to prayer and you pray, right? I've said this for years. Every anxious thought that you have is a call to prayer. Every anxious thought, that little alarm that goes off in your head, what am I going to do about that meeting tomorrow? What, that, what about that meeting tomorrow? I don't, I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know if I'm going to be prepared. It's a call to prayer. Rejoice in the Lord always. You have a job and you get to go to a meeting and present something. You know, good for you, right? Rejoice in the Lord always. So this, these anxious thoughts come in. What do I do about, what if, what if my son doesn't get a job? What if I, what if, you know, what am I going to do? My daughter's dating this guy and I don't like him. What, am I, what if they fall in love and get married? Every anxious thought is a call to prayer. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I'll say it again, rejoice. And allow that gentleness, that, that, that peace, to affect your life. This, let their gentleness be uh, uh, evident to all. The Lord is near. And then comes one of the most annoying verses in the Bible. It's Philippians 4, 6. And uh, Paul makes this incredible statement, this incredible command to all of us. And if God commands something from you, you're capable of achieving it. He doesn't ask you to do something you can't achieve with his help. Not on your own, but with his help. He says this, do not be anxious about anything. So, I went to seminary. I'm very, very smart. I have these commentaries that go deep into the Bible and they take apart words and they, I mean, you just you would just be so impressed if you knew of all the books that I own. And so I did this very big word study on anything. It took me hours and hours and hours. Do not be anxious about anything. And it turns out the actual word is you're not supposed to be anxious about anything. Like anything. Nothing. There's nothing you should be anxious about. Now, you might say to yourself, well, you don't know my story. I don't need to know your story. I know my story. And all the things I've been anxious about and all the worrying and all the wasted time when I should have been pre presenting these requests to God, when I should have been rejoicing in the Lord, this wasted time of being anxious. I used to have a joke that said, I know that my anxiety works because everything I'm anxious about, it never happens. So I'm just going to keep it up because if I can just keep being anxious, then nothing bad is going to happen. Uh, don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, <laughs> in every situation, now this is encouraging because what Paul is saying is you need to be in the situation. You're in your finances. 
There's no way to get out of them. He doesn't say, push it off to the side, escape, pretend it's not there, whatever. In every situation, don't be anxious about anything, but when you're in it, when you're right in the middle of it, you might be anxious about work. He doesn't say quit your job. He says don't be anxious about work. But when you're in it, by prayer and petition, in other words, every anxious thought is this call to prayer and to petition. Now, some people go, well, you know, why would I tell God? God knows everything. Like, if I'm anxious about it, and I, here's, here's how it works in my house. So, oftentimes, I'll be anxious about something, and, and the spiritual head of our household will say to me, um, well, have you prayed about that? And I'm like, if I can fix it, why would I pray about it? I just say you need to learn how to fix it. Then I don't need to, we don't even need to involve God in this. I, I think I got, I got this. You see, you see how messed up that is? Right? By pray, so what am I doing when I pray? Am I informing God about something he doesn't know about? If I say, God, God, I am, oh man, I got this son, Jesse. He's like, whoa. <laughs> you have a son? Yeah. Yeah, it happened like 19 years ago. You didn't know? No. Tell me about this son of yours, this Jesse of whom you speak, right? I'm not informing God. God, I got this church. You're a pastor? What'd you do that for? You had a great job in business. I, I never told you to do that. You're not informing, you're inviting. You don't inform God through prayer and petition. You invite him into the situation because he already knows. You invite him next to you. You invite him into the conversation. You invite him to be able to speak into every situation that you're nervous about. Are you nervous about your health? Are you anxious about your health? You invite him into that. Dear God, I'm nervous about my health. I got this thing on the back of my neck or whatever, whatever it is. Are you nervous about your kids? Invite him into that. He knows. He loves talking about your kids. God loves talking about your finances. He loves being a part of what you're doing. Do not be anxious about anything. In replace of the anxiety, in everything, let your requests be made known to God. In every situation, by prayer and petition, and then he says this, with thanksgiving. Now, how in the world can I thank God for something that he hasn't done yet? Right? So I'm anxious about whatever. Pick, insert, whatever it is. And so I invite him in through prayer and petition, and then with thanksgiving. And he, here's, here's what I've noticed in my own life. Just like rejoicing, this thanksgiving is a heart change for me. Maybe the situation never changes. Maybe I still have three kids, or I still have finances, or I still have a church, or I still have politics, or but, uh, um, I still have all those things. But when I invite God in, and I say, God, I str I'm struggling with this, I'm struggling with this, but I thank you, number one, for being here and listening to me. I thank you that no matter what happens, that will never change. I've got you and you've got me. Now, it's not a magic bullet, trust me. But what I've noticed as I've been getting more and more victory over this 
is the more times I invite him in, invite him in, God, we have this roof that we need to get replaced, and you know what, though? God, thank you so much for living, the people of Living Spring. I mean, you just don't know how many times I thank God for you guys. It's like, oh, you know what? It, it puts everything into perspective. When God is literally near, when he's literally with you, when you're talking to your heavenly Father, and you say, God, you know, I'm struggling with this. I'm nervous about this meeting. I'm nervous about this. I'm nervous about crime or whatever. But God, I know no matter what happens, you're there. With thanksgiving, present your requests to God. You just take them, and you got them, and you present them. Um, this can go down in a lot of different ways. Uh, I... I like, like physical, like uh, I have to observe and t I'm a tactile learner or whatever, or I don't know. Brianna, you said like kinetic? Kinesthetic? Calisthenics? It's like, <laughs> Lord. I, yeah, I, I, I don't know how, how, what that is, but um, so I'll take the prayer requests that we have and it's cool because we, we do, like we pray for every single prayer request every single week and what happens is it gets all into it database and uh it has your picture next to your prayer request i don't know if you knew that but that's that's the way it is and mostly i i steal those off of facebook but um uh and so i'll pray over all those all you guys by name pray and pray and then uh i usually have this fire going in my front yard in a fire pit not just in my front yard and um i'll i'll, I'll place it in the fire like god's just got it like he's, he's got it all taken care of. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, you present those requests to God. God, I'm giving this to you and I don't want it back. That's what it means to present your requests to God. It doesn't mean you're like, ta-da, this is what I'm anxious about. See you later. It's here. You take it. You take my kids. You take my finances. You take my job, my career, my retirement, my relationships. You, you take it. I can't control it. So you, you have to take it. I've never been, am not now, and never will be in control of anything in my life. So God, you do better at that. And then I will trust you with the results. I'll trust you with my career. But I'm just going to... I'm not going to be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, I'm going to present this to you, and I'm going to give it to you. And when I try to take it back, <laughs> when I try to take it back, because I don't know if you ever do that, but I do, I'm like, hey, remember that one thing I gave you? I, I, I just wanted to look at it just for one second. I just wanted to make sure. He's there to go, no, 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 no. I, I got it. I got it. And here's what happens. This is the promise. And the peace of God not just peace, not just happiness, not just comfort. The, I just can't even believe that the Bible says it this way. But the actual peace of God, like this supernatural calmness, this not getting rattled by anything. You know, God doesn't, he's not nervous about the election, I hate to tell you. He's not blogging right now. He's not on his Twitter going, this is the most ridiculous. He's not doing any of that. He's calm. You know why? Because he's on the throne. He's got it in control. He has an eternal perspective. 
not a temporal one. The peace of God is an eternal peace. It'll never get rattled. Whatever you're anxious about will never rattle him. He knows he can go through it with you. The peace of God, which transcends all understanding. Like it literally doesn't make sense. And this has happened to me in my life, I can't tell you how many times, where I'm anxious, okay? Did I mention that I sometimes struggle with that? Okay. Where I'm anxious, and I, I go before God, and I say, God, I can't control this thing. I don't know what the answer is going to be. I don't know what to do. I, I, I want to be able to either lead through this or get through this or whatever, but I, I can't do anything about it. I'm going to give it to you. And sometimes I'll start laughing. Oh, oh, that was weird. I closed my eyes and then that was gone. <laughs> Why didn't you guys tell me? I, it freaked me out. I'm like, did it fall? Okay, sorry. Um, yeah, for those who listen to the podcast, they're like, what just happened? Uh, but I'll start laughing. Like, well, what, what could possibly be that important? Like, literally, what could be that important? You know, something happens to my health. Okay, I die and I'm with Jesus. What, what, what's the big deal? And so that peace of God, which transcends all comprehension, the New American Standard says, uh, transcends all understanding, um, it, it, it means that it doesn't make sense. Like you were anxious and then you became calm. What changed? Nothing. I just presented it to Jesus. And in my talking to him about it, my petitioning, with him about it, my praying for him about it, my thanking him for what he may or may not do, this peace of God, which transcends all comprehension, this is so cool, will guard your hearts and your minds. This word is so cool, this guard. It's literally a, it's a military term, and it's a garrison that sets up around the city so that when there's any type of intruder coming in, they're, 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 it's protected. And this is what it's literally saying, that the peace of God will set up camp around your heart and your mind and will protect you. Isn't that sweet? That, that, that when those thoughts come, it's like they come with their, you know, picture the angry angry villagers with their pitchforks or whatever and these anxious thoughts come and they're like we're gonna bother you about your finances you know and all of a sudden it's like navy seal team comes out of the water and they're just like you know back off you know they got rocket launchers and stuff like that you're not gonna go go in this place it was a really bad analogy but that's what i was trying you gotta get the idea that the god sets up a garrison around your heart and your mind in christ Jesus, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, all comprehension, will set up camp around your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Now, so what happens tomorrow when I'm anxious? What do we do tomorrow when we, we, we turn on the news, you listen to talk radio or whatever, you only have to listen for about five minutes and then you start getting that feeling. You know that feeling about, you know, just like, oh boy, oh man, what are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? I'm gonna have that feeling <clears throat> this evening when I'm watching the Steelers game. But uh, what, what, like, what, what, what is that? Well, it means you sent the troops away. 
It means you've said, hey, I'm going to sneak, I'm going to get through the troops and invite these people in. I'm inviting these thoughts, these anxious thoughts. And God is saying, no, 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 no. When those happen, that's, that every anxious thought is a call to prayer. You go, God, 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 protect my heart and my mind with your peace. I know that you're with me. I know that you are protecting me. I know that no matter what happens to me, you are near. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I'll say rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all the Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. It is possible to get through life without being anxious. It's hard, but it's possible. Rejoicing, giving thanks, presenting your requests to God. Those are the things that, at least in my own life, when I'm successful in my battle against anxiety, those are the things that I do. As the worship team comes back up, um, I, have a, I have a kind of a, um, what do you call it, a thing for you to do. Because he goes on from here. Finally, brothers and sisters, if you want to fill your mind with something, if you want to remove anxious thoughts, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. Man, I didn't see social media in there. If anything excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. We take out those anxious thoughts and we bring in whatever is true whatever is honorable whatever is right the new american standard says whatever is pure whatever is lovely if there's anything of good repute if anything is excellent or worthy of praise ah oh, have that flowing over your mind so here's here's your assignment as we close with this last song um you have your connection card maybe you Maybe you write on that. Just pick five things. You don't even have to write them down. You can put them on your phone. You can just think about five things. You say, man, Lord, I can rejoice in this. And maybe those five things are the things that just sustain you through the week. That when you have an anxious thought about something, something that's out of your control, and you go, oh, no, God, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to just set up, just guard my heart and my mind. I just want to thank you for my marriage. I'm not even going to worry about this other stuff. I'm like, I just, oh, I just rejoice in my marriage. Rejoice for my relationships, my friends, my, whatever it is. And so as we uh, have this slower time of worship, that's what I'd like you to do. Just go before the Lord. God, just give me five things. Maybe you don't even have five. Maybe you got three. You just say, God, what, what can I focus on this week instead of my anxiety? And then also during this time, if... You, uh, if you'd fill out those connection cards, those that would be great. We'd love to get one of those from every household. And uh, maybe you want to write down on your connection card a prayer request. It'll be prayed for and it will go into my fire on Wednesday. Um, but uh, maybe there's something you're anxious about. You just say, you know what, God, I want to present this to you. I want you to just have it. Lord, we're so thankful for the way you take care of us. 
that you truly, your will for our lives, your will for our lives is that we're not anxious ever about anything. But in every single situation, we bring it to you. We invite you in to it with thanksgiving. And so, Lord, I, I just pray for those of us who, during this quieter time, Lord, we would invite you in to remove those things. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.